More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck, And I'm Lisa Popcheck, And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Today on More to Life, difficult discussions. Are difficult conversations causing tension in your relationships with your spouse, adult child, friend, or family member? We'll help you find common ground. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to Life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, difficult discussions. Are difficult conversations causing tension in your relationships with your spouse, adult, child, family member, or friend? We want to help you find common ground at 877-573-7825. Now, Thanksgiving weekend some of those difficult conversations with family members and we're not just focusing on those whatever topics you need to discuss with someone who's close to you that you're not sure how to bring up or address or resolve peacefully we're happy to talk about any of those things but every every year this time of year we do get calls from people who will say you know I'm worried about this holiday or getting together with these people over the you know next few weeks or whatever and you always wait until the day of when it all blows up <laughs> here's the thing this i was really pleased this this happened um on the catholic home app uh we have we have uh, we offer ongoing daily expert feedback to our premium members of the catholic hom app stands for households on mission and we had one of our members share that they were concerned about getting together with their sister-in-law yeah because her sister-in-law felt judged because they would often talk about faith topics at family gatherings, and her sister-in-law is not a faithful Christian. Um, and so in our conversation about how to handle that, we said, you know, why wait until the holiday to handle this? Why not bring it up ahead of time and say, hey, look, you know, we'd really like to work together to make you feel welcome and make sure that you understand where we're coming from when we talk about our faith. Let's kind of clear the air. And she wrote back over the weekend to say, we, we did exactly that, and we had the best Thanksgiving ever, and in fact, she and her family stayed the longest, and we played games and had just the best time. So that's the kind of stuff we're talking about today. Well, don't wait until Christmas or the next time the thing comes up. There are things we can do now, outside of that argument, outside of that tension, to help you break through the barriers and come to a peaceful place. Or perhaps <laughs> your Thanksgiving had one of those conversations and it did not go very well. And you really don't know how to fix it. You don't know what you're going to do about 
the next holiday coming up that your family's doing, whether that's a gathering for Christmas or New Year's or somebody's birthday or... But you're just thinking, okay, here we go. Now I've got to walk on eggshells. Or now I've got to fix this for mom and dad because the whole family really needs to be together because they deserve that. Or whatever the situation is in your family group, in your friendships. It can be a lot. And I think now more than ever, it can be a lot because for some people, judging by the traffic we saw on the roads over Thanksgiving weekend while we were going to visit family, a lot of people decided to really spend time together after a lot of years of maybe not seeing everyone. Maybe you saw some folks, but not everyone. Things can happen. Words can be misconstrued. Intentions can be misconstrued. People can have hair trigger responses to things if you went through anything over this holiday or something that had nothing to do with the holiday and you're just feeling like, eh, I'm not quite sure how to handle this now that everybody's not together, when everybody does get together again, but I do know that God doesn't want it to be this way. Well, we're here to help you with your particular situation today. All you have to do is give us a call at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. We're talking about difficult discussions today on More to Life. Are tough conversations causing tension or conflict between you and someone you care about? Maybe even just the threat of a difficult topic is looming over your relationship. Uh, maybe a, a difficult conversation caused strain with your holiday celebrations, or you're not sure how to bring up some topic or issue with someone you care about because you're afraid it's going to cause tension. Well, whatever the situation is, let us help you break through the barriers and discover ways to get on the same page with all the people who are important to you. The number again is 877 five seven three seven eight two five. Again, that's eight seven seven. Five seven three seventy eight twenty five, and every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of Saint John Paul's theology of the body. And for folks who aren't aware of what that is, the theology of the body is a series of reflections that was given by Saint John Paul that provide us a lens to see the Gospels, the sacraments, really all of Catholic teaching and salvation history, in a way that reveals God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier holier relationships. The theology of the body reminds us that even though conflict is inevitable in this very fallen world, it wasn't that way in the beginning. When God created humankind, he intended for us to live in peace and harmony. Obviously, original sin spoiled those plans, but there is good news. Because he is merciful, God is pouring out his grace every day to restore us to the peace that we were created to live in, beginning with all the people that are part of our lives. Building the kingdom of God means doing our best to cooperate with God's grace so that all of our relationships, especially our relationships with our family members and friends, can become the whole, healed, healthy, and holy relationships that they were meant to be. 
Well, of course, that's a lifelong project. But, you know, the first step is refusing to do what the world does and just settle for conflict and disagreement in our relationships. Rather, we need to actively learn how to be effective peacemakers. You know, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. He didn't say, blessed are the conflict avoiders, doormats, or smoother overers. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. And being a peacemaker means working to restore the right order that God desires in all of our relationships. So when conflicts arise, being a peacemaker doesn't mean just keeping a lid on things. It means committing to working for the mutual good of everyone involved, entering the conflict without fear, because you know that you're cooperating with God's grace to work for the good of everyone involved, and doing what we can to both encourage each other through the tension and toward godly solutions. Now that sounds great, but it's a little hard to do in practice. I don't know if you've noticed that. So let's work together to find ways to build the kingdom of God by bringing greater peace to all of your relationships, by restoring that right order, and breaking through the barriers that tension and difficult topics can cause. 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. 7825. We're talking about difficult discussions. Are difficult conversations causing tension in your relationships with your spouse, your adult child, or your friend? We want to help you find common ground and peace. 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the Father, Father and the the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ. You are the source of the peace this world cannot give. And you pray that all of us would be one as you and the Father are one. We know, through, especially through your servant, St. John Paul's teachings, that building your kingdom means healing the damage that sin does to all of our relationships, especially our relationships with the people that are closest to us, our friends, our family, our spouse. But Lord... It's just so much easier to avoid those conflicts and to stand back. Or, or, or sometimes we do try to address those things and they blow up in our face. So we bring all those tensions and conflicts and disagreements to you right now. And we ask you to give us the grace that we need to handle those difficult conversations with charity, with genuine generosity, a desire to work for the good of everyone involved, to glorify you, and to find ways to create holier, healthier, more godly relationships with all the people you've placed in our lives. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name of the the Father, Father, the the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the topic is difficult discussions. Are difficult conversations causing tension or conflict between you and someone you care about? Maybe a difficult conversation caused strain over your Thanksgiving celebration. Or maybe just in general, you're not sure how to bring up a topic or issue because you know it's going to cause problems. Whatever the situation is, let us help you break through the barriers and discover ways to get on the same page and be that peacemaker that God is calling us all to be. And let's be clear here, we're talking about big or small, right? You know, there's those big weighted things that we, you know, need to talk to that relative about or that friend about, also those little things where, you know, you said something to, or, you know, to your grandbaby, and somehow your 
child-in-law took it the wrong way as in a judgment of their parenting or something. These little things that people can take slights at that blow up into giant things and damage families or those really big issues that you're thinking, how do I handle this as, a, as the Catholic person in this situation? Big or small, we're here for you on More to Life. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. That's 877 877- Five seven three seventy eight twenty five. Well, let's uh, take a first caller, Lisa. Who's up now? Let's talk with Chris, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Michigan on Ave Maria Radio. Hi there, Chris. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? Hi, thank you. Um, <clears throat> so I have a big thing. My um, my husband's been struggling with addiction for almost sixteen years, off and on, um, and we have a handful of boys. Um, so this Thanksgiving, he was drinking um, after, you know, the umpteenth promise that he's not drinking anymore. Um, and I just decided that I could not, um, I could not spend Thanksgiving with him. Mm-hmm. And so he went down the street, as was the plan to my sister-in-law's with the kids. I drove them there. And um, anyhow, so I, I'm struggling with how to... Um, Number one, how you know he he God gave him the role of being the head of our household, but obviously there's disorder in that in our situation. Yeah. So I am trying to still give him the respect and the um, the authority, mm. but but I have no there's no trust, and it's just so so I don't just I just don't know how to navigate. Okay. Well, let's start with the misunderstanding that you just mm-hmm. you just kind of led with there. Um, you know, the passage that talks about in Ephesians, like five thirty and following, it begins with defer to one another out of reverence for Christ. All right. So in in, our, in a Christian household, Christ is the head of the home. Now, assuming that the husband is deferring to Christ first. Um, then he has the special role of being, you know, the head, quote unquote. But but when, when you're the head, all right. When you, if you're, if for example, if you're the chairman of a board on a corporation or whatever, you don't you don't dictate the terms. You facilitate the conversation. So to be the the, the godly head of household, and I talk about this in the Bedatitudes, eight ways to be an awesome dad. Um, it, to be the head of a family means that you are the facilitator of the process by which the whole family uh, disciples. Uh, become disciples in Christ and discerns God's will. So, as the head of my family, I lead my family in prayer. I don't. I don't tell people what to do. I don't set the agenda. Even I say, okay, tell me your concerns and let's bring them all to God. I'm the facilitator of the process by which we all submit ourselves to God's ultimate authority. That's what it means to be the head. It doesn't mean that you all have to, uh, you know, jump jump around when I say jump, and it doesn't mean that you have to indulge whatever stupid, foolish, self-destructive thing that I'm 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 in, engaged in. In fact. When that happens, I give up my headship because my headship is dependent upon my serving Christ as the head of the home. So if I'm not serving Christ as the head of the home, I am an illegitimate authority. In fact, I lose my authority. And other people have a right to step in and handle things um, because I've, I've given up that authority. So the most responsible thing that you could do, Chris, is make sure that, number one, you're attending Al-Anon meetings and getting counseling for yourself if he won't come with you, that you're setting healthy boundaries that say, husband, I love you and I'm committed to this marriage, but you, you have to choose between the alcohol and your family. And if you can't do that, then you can't be here. 
right? Because you're calling him to work for, you're, you're working for his good by doing that. You're not saying I'm divorcing you. You're not saying um, I, I won't be in your relationship with you. You're saying I love you too much to let you continue to be here and destroy yourself and destroy this family with your self-destructive and, and sinful actions. So you can either work with me and get the help that we need to be a healthy, functional, holy family, or you can go be with your first love, your drinking and your, and your, and your gambling on your own. Uh, that's the choice you have to make, husband. And that is the choice that you have the right as a prophetic woman of God to assert. This whole idea of headship does not mean that the husband gets to be a part-time pagan deity in his household, commanding obedience and demanding deference for every stupid, foolish, self-destructive thing he does. Defer to one another out of reverence for Christ is how that whole passage starts. And so, yes, as long as a husband and wife are together, really working hard to be a godly man and woman raising a godly family and 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 you know leading in prayer and def just deferring to to what God is calling them to do then the husband gets to facilitate that process even in that case though he doesn't say well God told me this mm -hmm. and you must follow it's no no uh, just like a, like again just like a good chairman of a board you say, all right, what's the agenda? Bring to me your concerns. Let's talk about this. All right, let's bring all this to God now, and let's pray about it together. You know, so as the head of the family, I am the primary facilitator of the process by which we defer to one another out of reverence for Christ. Again, I don't get to put myself up as a part-time pagan deity of, the, deity of the household, dictating the terms and demanding deference. So that, that's a common and unfortunate misunderstanding that leads to a lot of codependent households, which is what you guys are. Uh, and so to be that prophetic, healthy, holy woman of God, you have a right, in fact, an obligation um, to do the kinds of things I'm suggesting here, because that's what it really means to love your husband and to love your family. Because loving them means working for their good, and allowing this to continue is not working for anyone's good. And and here we've addressed the situation with your husband, Chris, but it says on our board that you told our, our screener that you lost one of your sons to bone cancer this past fall. Your family is grieving. Your family is hurting getting into to not only you know programs that will really help you with your husband's addiction problems but getting into family counseling so that you can really navigate the pain of this loss so that everybody's not just sort of self-medicating or self-interpreting the pain that's in your family you know when you have someone who's opting out of the family through addiction everybody's sort of left on their own to figure out their story and to navigate their own pain and you as as Greg was saying the prophetic woman in this family the mom of this family can really draw your family together and get counseling together so that everyone can begin to deal with the pain they've been going through not just from dad's addiction problems but by losing a loved brother you guys need to be able to to have someone help you come together in this rather than let it fractionalize you even more. My last point to you, Sue, before, uh, Chris, excuse me, before we let you go, is um, that it's not enough for him to say, I'm not going to drink anymore. If oh, he's not, not participating all, no. in a program, if he doesn't have a sponsor, if he's not getting counseling, if he's not doing the things that show that he's serious about sobriety, he's not working and he's not, he's, you can't trust him. 
So, you know, when you set the limits that I'm suggesting, or if you set the limits that I'm suggesting, then you need to say that these are the things that I, I'm going to be looking to to know whether you're being honest with me or not. It's not a matter of him saying, oh, honey, I'm sorry, I'm not going to drink again. No, it's, are you going to AA every day? Do you have a sponsor that you're responsible to? Are you seeking, are you going to family counseling with us? Are you doing the things that the therapist or your sponsor recommend? If so, great, he can be there. If not, he can't because he's loving his booze more than he loves you. Uh, and that's an important choice that you have to put before him uh, if you want to truly love him and work for his good and be that prophetic woman of God in your household. I hope this clarifies some things for you. If there's more that we can do to support you in this journey, don't hesitate to reach out to us at the Pastoral Solutions Institute to learn more about our telepastoral counseling practice. You can learn more at catholiccounselors.com. Uh, please get in touch with Alanon today and reach out to a good family counselor either in your area or working with us through pastoral solutions at catholiccounselors.com. Thank you so much for the call, and I hope that this will, this Advent will be the beginning of a season of, of allowing God more to be more present in your hearts and in your home to bring about his healing grace. All right, with that, we have to go to break. When we come back, we're continuing to take your calls about difficult conversations, those challenging discussions that you're either afraid to bring up because of the tension you think they're going to cause or <laughs> you did bring up and they blew up in your face. Whatever it is, we want to help you break through those barriers and find greater peace. 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue after the break. He is honored by the Church as a saint with the title of the Angelic Doctor. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Thomas Aquinas wrote a basic textbook for young theology students that became the Church's most famous guide to the faith, the Summa Theologica. It helped him earn the title Doctor of the Church. He died in 1274. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Ciao amici, Teresa Tamio here. If you're looking for something inspiring to give to someone this Christmas season, or maybe just a little stocking stuffer for yourself, make sure to check out the Ave Maria Radio Online Store. Plenty of books are sale to teach, inspire, and renew your connection with God. Speaking of sales, my book, Everything's Coming Up Rosie, is 25% off this month while supplies last. So go ahead over to AveMariaRadio.net and click on the bookstore. Happy shopping! Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Finding good health care, encouragement for healthier living, or solid spiritual direction can be frustrating. That's why the Catholic Healthcare Alternative, CMF Curo, is offering a health sharing option. Curo's Christ centered wellness services include Catholic wellness coaching, spiritual direction, and a Catholic community supporting your health and wellness needs. Visit cmfcuro.com to learn more. That's cmfcuro.com, where you can experience Christ's healing love in your health and wellness. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And joining us right now, Jacob Flores Popchak. He is a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com. He's also the co-host with Father Gabriel Toretta of the arts and culture podcast, Created Things. Jacob, welcome to More to Life. Thank you for having me. 
So you wanted to share a little bit about some tips you offer to clients when they are talking about having difficult conversations with loved ones. Yeah, I think the most difficult part of having difficult conversations is the fact that they tend to go every which way as both parties become increasingly heated, right? And and we start bringing in extemporaneous details and things that feel very visceral but that don't actually matter. And it's hard to stay centered, right? It's hard to stay focused on the actual goal of the conversation. So I always recommend that before a person even brings something up, where they define for themselves in their own heads and then explicitly to the other person what the goal of this conversation is. You know, I need to be able to come to you and say, hey, I'd really like to have a conversation, and by the end of that conversation, I'd, I'd like for you to understand how I feel about blank. Or, hey, I want to have a conversation. By the, by the, by the time we're done talking, I, I really want you to, uh, I want you and I to have come up with a solution to a blank problem. Right. You know, we have to kind of make that explicit. And I even, you know, even the examples I just gave there, right, those are those might seem to a lot of people like similar things, but they're not. Right. If I want to have a conversation about how I feel about something, that's very, very different than a solution finding kind of conversation. And so often the other person can infer that we're trying to have one instead of the other. And then we can get our wires crossed and get really frustrated with each other. So defining those expectations right at the very beginning is super important. It also allows the person to not feel blindsided, to not feel attacked, because they know exactly where this is going, so they don't have to get their shoulders up because they're, they're getting defensive, uncertain of what they're going to get trapped in, right? So it's just a really respectful way to keep everybody centered. I, I also recommend that, you know, in your own head, you're defining kind of things that are off the table to discuss boundaries mm. you might have and and it's okay to make that explicit too but first and foremost you've got to know what your limits are and that might be kind of in a macro way where you're saying hey these are things that I'm not okay with discussing or um, I'm not okay if a person speaks to me in this tone ever or I'm not okay if certain words are ever used right so those might be general sort of macro boundaries or those might be more micro or granular boundaries just for that conversation, right? Like, hey, I'm happy to discuss this other thing this person might bring up, but just not within the course of this particular conversation. And then to be able to say to them, hey, you know, honey, that's a totally valid thing to want to bring up, but let's talk about that next. First, let's talk about this thing, right? So I'm defining what is and is not on the table. Uh, for myself as much as for the other person. And I might even write those down because it's too easy to take the bait uh, and not be assertive and stand up for myself and say, hey, that's really not what we're discussing here right now, unless I do have that clearly defined. And if I think that I can define those uh, expectations for the person in advance, great. But I don't have to, right? I can just be assertive enough to tell them, hey, that's actually a boundary. I have to jump in with that. Those are great suggestions, and I hope that they'll help a lot of our listeners. And again, that's Jacob Flores Popchak. You can learn more about his work at catholiccounselors.com. We're taking your calls right now at 877-573-7825. Let's talk about those difficult conversations. Now that the abortion problem has been returned to the states, we will most likely be called upon to give a reason for our pro-life activism. But this is more than a mere political issue. It's an opportunity to present the gospel of life. It's an opportunity to demonstrate the kingdom's view of this world and of human life. And the central question in this dispute 
is going to be what is the status of preborn human life. Many Christians need to recognize that yes, we have to do the political thing, but we have greater opportunities here. We have an opportunity to engage people about the very meaning of life itself. I mean, that's why John Paul II wrote the gospel of life. He didn't just write some sort of political anti-abortion tract, right? He's talked about the gospel of life. Cresta in the afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Father Benedict Groeschel. I want to welcome you, if you're not familiar, with the wonderful world of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What will America become if it makes it impossible for the Holy Spirit to work here because of untruth and self-indulgence and paganism? This is not just a nice discussion of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, because I'm going to discuss what happens when people make it impossible to be prudent, just, or honest, or brave, or courageous, or reverent. When people make that impossible, what a terrible thing they do not only to themselves, but to our society. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck. And I'm Lisa Popcheck. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Hi, I'm Lisa Popcheck. Nothing taxes our relationship with our adult kids as much as the expectation that they should obey us. As parents, we remember when our children were little and we could get away with because I said so. Although we don't recommend that approach at any stage, we guarantee that you will fail to communicate with your adult children if you demand obedience. The Catechism of the Catholic Church notes, Obedience towards parents ceases with the emancipation of our children. Certainly, our children owe us their respect, just as any human being owes respect to others in a relationship. But our adult children aren't obliged to do what we say. Catholic parents are still called to help our adult kids lead godly adult lives, but we're called to do it as mentors and witnesses, not masters and commanders. To learn how you can have a healthy mentoring relationship with your adult kids, check out our book, Having Meaningful and Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Your Adult Sons and Daughters, or visit catholiccounselors.com. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, difficult discussions. You know, are tough conversations causing tension or conflict between you and someone you care about? Maybe you had a tough conversation over the holiday that uh, put a strain on family relationships. Or maybe just in general, there's some topic that you have a hard time bringing up without it causing tension with your spouse, your adult children, your family, your friends. Whatever the issue is, let us help you break through those barriers and discover ways to get on the same page with all the people who are important to you. The number to call, 877 573 Seven eight two five. Again, that's eight seven seven five seven three seventy eight twenty five. Let's talk now with Lisa, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Missouri on the Covenant Network. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? 
Oh, hi. Good morning. Uh, bear with me. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Oh, oh, you're, you're absolutely welcome and fine. We what can we do for we don't you? We not bite anymore. <laughs> not since the incident. So don't worry about it. Yeah. What's up? Well, I had a, um, a, an estranged family member who's been estranged for years um, kind of come back into our lives. Uh, and you told our screener that this ago. was your brother? This was a brother who's estranged from the family? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, he, he moved away to... Uh, uh, California a few years ago. He's kind of burned bridges with um, my husband and my my sisters and their husbands. And uh, the only one he really talks to in our family still is um, my my parents, my mom mm-hmm. specifically. Okay. And uh, he's not married. He's single. He's he uh, he's a tutor. He works with children. He loves children. He's, he 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 favors my my kids, especially my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wanted to gift her. They have a birthday one day apart from each other, uh, right before Thanksgiving. And uh, he wanted to gift her with very nice tickets to a, a football game. And um, can I just ask? I'm sorry. Just so so just just a little more context here. He you said he you know, on the one hand you're saying that he you know favors your kids, your your daughter in particular. Um, but you say he was estranged and burned a lot of bridges here. I mean, so so how much of a relationship has he had with you and and your kids? Well, he like for the he moved away back in 2019, and he just came back home for a visit uh, over the summer for a week. And he, I took my kids over to play video games with him and see him. And he he talked to them. He was great with them. He's he, but he hasn't seen him in two years, is what you're saying. Right, but and he hasn't really talked with him time either. Right, and I I, pro- I told him I'm sorry. I should have probably set up phone calls, Zoom calls, or something. We should have talked more. But he he kind of mm. blew up at me. After the 2020 election, we have different political beliefs, and he just kind of, I sent okay. him a picture of my kids, and they, he just blew up at me. He, the things we used to share, he just, he, he just, he yelled I at me, you. and, and okay. he's in a text, and I, So he I, got these football tickets, and, and, and then what happened? Well, um, my husband said, no way, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, um, and the, he, we had plans, actually, for the day of the game, and uh, mm-hmm. they, he just bought them without even talking to me. My mom asked me, but... I didn't get back to her within a few days, so I had to bring up this difficult topic with my husband, and he had already bought them. We just went ahead and impulsively just bought them, and without even asking me, he didn't want to buy a ticket for me. He just wanted to buy one for him, my mom and him and my daughter. Uh-huh. And my my mom said, "Well, Lisa, or Chris, you know, my my husband, one of us needs to go with him," and uh, mm-hmm. and he didn't like no. that, but he no. said he was forced. I jumped through a hoop. I bought a ticket for you, and now I can't go. You can't won't let me take her and. And I tried to make things right by trying. I we even went and talked to my priest about it. I'm like, what should I do? And it, it just. It, I mean, say I no. That's brother, what you're Lisa, doing. So, yeah. I'm yeah. just going to jump in here, mom to mom. Okay, let's 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 step away from all the other family crazy. Everything about the tone of your voice and your husband's reaction says that this is not sitting right with you. Your daughter is ten. She has not seen her uncle, who's very good with children, for a couple of years. If I was the mom in your situation, it would be the hardest no to this in the whole wide world. Unless I am with my 10-year-old child, or they are with somebody I trust completely and utterly, and maybe even then, there is no way, first of all, that my kid would go with anybody without her dad or I being there. To a huge game in an arena where even if your brother was a saint, 
you know, if she needs to use the restroom, if he needs to use the restroom, if he goes to get popcorn, she is at the mercy of this giant arena and all the other strangers there. Well, somebody it's, that she doesn't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just a huge stranger danger situation on top of the fact that she doesn't know him. Adam, and Adam, doesn't I know you're going to say, her. oh, but he's her uncle. He's my brother. I should, mm. look, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Look, you know, we have this tendency to assign... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? We, 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 privileges. Privileges. Yeah, privileges. We assign privileges to based on titles rather than based on whether the person's actually earned the privilege. Right? It would be one thing if your if your brother was actively involved in your kids' lives, if he was there every week and, you know, you, you guys all went out regularly and did things together and then, you know, he said to you, respecting your authority, hey, how would you feel if I did, you know, and, and included you in the whole thing. He, this is a guy who doesn't know boundaries. And, and when, you know, Lisa, you know, repeated your comment that he's good with children. I'm not sure how good with children he is. He doesn't respect boundaries. So mm-hmm. I worry about this guy, frankly. I, I do, too. I, 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 don't mean to, I don't mean to cast aspersions. I'm, I don't, I'm not suggesting there's something deeply sinister going on here. I'm just saying he doesn't respect boundaries. Yeah. So anybody who respects boundaries... He might like kids, but he's not good with them. Um, and, and so, you know, you, you're falling into the trap of thinking that because somebody's mad at you, you've done something wrong. Like and even with and the- you're twisting yourself into a pretzel to make it right because he's upset, which is a very um, manipulative behavior on his part. He's not working within any boundaries you set up. He's thinking if he expresses himself in a way that shows frustration with you or anger at your decision, he can change your mind. That's manipulative. That's not that's not in any way healthy. Well, and even, you know, the thing where you're saying, oh, I should have taken, made the effort to have set up Zoom calls between him and... Why? That's not your job. If he not wants a relationship all. with your kids, he needs to come to you and say, you know, Lisa, I'm really sorry I blew up with you. You know, the election got us all heated up and I said things that I didn't mean. I'd really love to have a relationship with you and the kids. Can we, you know, have a regular Zoom call or something? Can we work that out? That's on him to sort that out. I mean, you could certainly offer that. That would have been generous or whatever, but 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 not ne- certainly not necessary based on the way things ended up. Um, you know, so your job at this point is to charitably uh, reaffirm your no and say, um, you know, you bought these tickets without without consulting us. I'm very sorry that you're out the money. You can certainly go with my mom. I mean, that's she's 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 grown lady. She can do what she wants. And if you want to find somebody else to go with, that you can do that. But we're not available that day. Uh, and we're not going. I'm sorry. Uh, and if he doesn't like it, uh, he can lump it. I mean, because that's, that's that's a reasonable limit to set. That's not being unchristian. That's not being unloving. In fact, if loving is working for the good of another person, it's loving to insist that they respect your authority as a parent. It's it's lo- because that's a healthy, normal person thing to do. If somebody doesn't respect your authority as a parent. There's something wrong with them, right? It, it, at the very least, the, at the very least, they were being thoughtless. Okay, and, and at the worst, then, then there's something deeply wrong there because nobody does well, that. And- I will say this, if they were just being thoughtless, if he was just having an enthusiastic moment and he was just like, oh, this would be so fun, and he hadn't really been thoughtful about what a 10-year-old really needs in a situation like that, he would be easily corrected. And he would either find a way to work it out, or he'd be apologetic, yeah, or know, he'd I, say, I, I "Oh, next season." I could imagine a scenario. A I could imagine a scenario where he said, um, "You know, you know what? I, 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 I wanted to get the tickets, and I want, I, you know, I reached out to mom, and I, you didn't get back, and I just wanted to have them. But I completely understand, mm-hmm. you know, that you aren't available. I'm really sorry. I didn't want to impose anything. I just wanted to have them just in case. How about for our birthdays next year? Can you put a date on your calendar so either you or your husband can be there with her?" That would be respecting your boundaries, completely appropriate, and something you could work with. But this, you know, him getting him, him just 
doing this thing without your permission and then getting upset that you're not available or that you're not willing that's all that's all manipulation yes. he's not good with that's kids right. he's a manipulator um, so you are absolutely right to set a hard no for this and not think twice about it um, and let him know that, that you know I love you I'd love to have a better relationship with you but it's gonna have to start with you and us working out our stuff first and you being around and actually being part of the kids lives before I'm gonna let you do anything one-on-one with them and when we say being part of the kids lives we mean with you or your husband present at all times all right Lisa I want I, I want you to stop feeling guilty about oh, things just please. because somebody's mad at you I want you to really look hard at whether there's some objective criteria that that you've uh, let down here because you're kind of falling into that anxious attachment style uh, trap of, of believing that just because somebody's upset with you it's your job to jump through all their hoops to make make them feel better and I will say this if your mom starts backing up your brother and is saying oh well I'll be there and I'll take she's not your child's mother or father she she has she has a foot in each camp. She loves her granddaughter, but she also wants to placate her son and try to make nice with everybody, and that leaves your daughter well, in one her job, position. Well, and her job as your mom is to say to your brother, you know what, brother, that, that, was, not, that was not an okay mm-hmm. thing to do. I understand Truth. that you had the best of intentions, but that was inappropriate, and so I'm happy to come with you, and if you'd like to invite a friend... Your I, dad or somebody else or, or whatever. You want, you want me to invite my, one of my friends, I'd be happy. Whatever, but it's not her job to pressure you. It's her job to insist that he respect your authority as her granddaughter's parent, um, and you know, and, and and do the stuff that a normal healthy person would do to heal that relationship. Lisa, thank you so much for the call. We do talk about this kind of thing more in my book. God help me; these people are driving me nuts. Making peace with difficult people. It's a book about boundaries and how to set them in ways that allow relationships to heal while um, insulating you from all the drama that can come along with them as well. That's God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People. It's available at catholiccounselors.com or wherever books are sold. 877-573-7825. We're talking with you today about difficult conversations. Whether you had a tough discussion over the weekend or you've got a topic that you aren't sure how to bring up because of the tension it's going to cause or how to discuss the thing that needs to be discussed in spite of the tension it always causes, we're here to help you sort out the way forward. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. As we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from John chapter 17, verse 21. This is my prayer, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And you know, this scripture speaks to this point uh, that building the kingdom of God is about healing relationships, cooperating with God's grace to heal our relationships. But that's, as you've seen from the last couple of calls, that involves more than just smoothing things over and making nice. It involves being a peacemaker, which means working to restore right order. And sometimes working to restore right order can upset the apple cart a little bit. It says, I want to be in a relationship with you. This is what a healthy, godly relationship would look like. If that's what you want, I am here for that. If that's not what you want, then I can't be part of that. And you, ins- you, you enforce those boundaries that allow healthy, godly relationships to occur and true relationship healing to happen through God's grace but you refuse to participate in those unhealthy relationships where people are behaving in destructive ways or wanting to do destructive things in your life. It's not being judgmental. You're saying, I want to be part of your life. Here is how we could do it. Let's work on that together. 
but then you're leaving the choice to them, just as God leaves the choice to us to follow him or not. 877-573-7825. Today's topic is difficult discussions. Are tough conversations causing tension in your relationships with your spouse, your adult child, a friend, family member? Let us help you find common ground. Again, the number 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue with your calls coming up right after the break. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Man failed the first test of freedom. He refused God's plan of love and chose freely to sin and made himself a slave to sin. That first sin gave mankind the gene or inclination to sin, which has given birth to numerous other sins. The Catholic Catechism reminds us that the exercise of freedom does not imply a right to say or do everything. Man is not totally self-sufficient, and his final goal is not his own self-interest and the enjoyment of earthly goals. When man violates the moral law, he becomes his own prisoner, disrupting neighborly fellowships while rebelling against divine truth. For freedom, Galatians tells us, Christ has set us free. He redeemed us from sin, which held man in bondage. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. The the deal clincher is we found our way to our, our parish, and we met just an incredible pastor. We learned things that we'd never been taught. Wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today on More to Life, difficult discussions. Or we, we're talking about those times when difficult conversations cause tension between you and the people that you care about. Let's find ways to create common ground and build healthier relationships. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Faith, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Florida on Guadalupe Radio. Hi, Faith. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hi. Um, Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, Like Lisa said, I'm a little nervous about this particular conversation, but you guys are great, so thank you again for taking my call. I um, am a young single gal, uh, one of six in my family, and I um, kind of volunteered to take in my uh, widowed grandfather. He was alone and in upstate New York, and I had extra space in my, the home I was renting in Florida. I said, hey, come live with me, and uh, 
for a while it was really, really good. And he's 95, but very lucid and able to handle himself well. Um, but lately it's been pretty horrible. Uh, his, his attitude has changed drastically. He's very grumpy and mean. Um, I, I do a lot around the house just to keep it clean, uh, keep him fed and, so now, I'm a little confused by something that you told her that you're saying now versus what our screener says. So you you said that yeah. this was your home, or because it sounded like you yeah, told the screener so that you moved renting, into his home. Yeah, go ahead. I was renting um, a home for my parents, and uh-huh. when he came to move in, they were thinking, uh, "Oh well, to keep your money safe from uh, uh, just like draining away, putting it into a hard asset would be." a smart thing to do. So he uh-huh. ended up buying the home that I invited him to live in with me just for the sake of keeping his money uh, in a safe. Okay, but uh, that blurs the boundaries. But, but but I got you. All right, so so he bought the and home so that you were renting. Technically now, I'm living with him. Uh, uh, even though five months ago, he was living with me. And all okay. of a sudden, oh, he's asking me for rent and I'm a little heartbroken about it. Of course, I understand people need rent, but... With the work I do around the house, uh, he said, yeah. oh, I don't know what work you do. You you owe me rent, you know, and I'm also... Well, I would present him with a bill. Yeah. So I, no, yeah. I'm serious. I, I would present him with an itemized bill, and I would charge him by the hour and say, you know, this was not part of our original arrangement, but if you would like to turn this into a monetary arrangement instead of a family arrangement, here is my bill for services rendered. Um, and every time he every time he asks you for rent, you can say, "Well, you you haven't paid me my bill." And when 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 you when you pay your or my invoice, then I'd be happy to turn that money back over to you. And Faith, I I would even go so far as to check with a local cleaning company and just ask them if I hired someone seven days a week to come in and clean this house and provide meals. What would you charge? So he can't say you're just making something up. And if you do that with one or two cleaning companies, then you have something really to go on. On, And I'd say because you're there 24 hours a day, you could easily increase that bill because I guarantee you, you're probably doing a lot of the errands, getting the groceries, doing those, you know, taking him to things. It would give him a way to really be able to see what you're doing. He's 95. He, I, you know, I'm not going to say every man is like this, but a 95 year old man may see the domestic work that you are helping him with as something women should just do. So really itemizing that could really help the situation. And then you know what you're dealing with. But I would say that you don't want to, you're not doing this to get his approval on mm-hmm. the situation, right? You're doing this to kind of, kind of counter this thing, to frame the fact that, look, this was a family arrangement. You know, this was meant to be something where I was being generous to you by asking you to come and live with me, and you were being generous with, with me by not charging me rent once you bought the place. Um, you know, but now, if you want to make this more transactional, this is what it's going to look like. Uh, Long term, though, Faith, um, I, my suggestion would be to actually start looking for another place to live. Uh, because as as uh, it's not going to get easier for you emotionally. He's 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 if this is the way he is, he's going to be difficult moving forward. Even whenever you do this, you can't do this, but you can't do what we're suggesting and expect him to, to be happy about it. We're telling you to do this so that you in your own head can kind of get straight the relationship. Is this a family relationship or is this a transactional relationship? It has to be one or the other. Now, the one other thing I I am obliged to say here is that 
if this is truly a radical personality shift in him, it could just be that he's not used to living with a young woman who's, you know, underfoot, as it were. That could make, you know, roommates even get on each other's nerves. But if you're seeing a radical personality shift, this may be something more, especially at 95 years of age. And he may be having some kind of brain health issue if you begin to see him decline in any other way. And that's something to bring to the family's attention and, and seek medical advice on. But please, of course, I hope that you and your parents are praying about this as well and really figuring out the best way forward. But, but in the, at least in the short term, you know, really clarifying, look, is that we, I was under the impression this was a family arrangement and I was out of love you know, inviting you to be with me so I could help take care of you. And out of love, I thought that when you bought the place that you would allow me to continue living here. If this has to be transactional, then this is my hourly rate. Um, and you can charge me whatever rent you want, but you can take it out of what I'm doing for you. And don't undercut yourself in any way, shape, or form just because you're his grandchild. Yeah, find out what the going rate is and, and present him with the bill. And again, he's not going to like it. And he's not going to agree with it. I'm doing this so that you can clarify in your own head um, what you have a right to expect if he wants to make this more of a transactional thing. But do continue praying about it with your parents and do consider the possibility of finding a different place to live because it's not going to get easier emotionally. The one other thing I will say is because of the fact that your parents set this up that he owns the home now, please be careful of your own finances and your own future because he is 95 and there is zero guarantee that he will leave you that house and you will have a place to live when his time comes. So please be, you know, looking, you know, five years down the line, 10 years down the line when he may not be here and you have to provide for your own situation. All right, Faith, thank you so much for the call. And I hope that these suggestions will, will get you, you know, to a better place with this. And, you know, again, this like like we were talking about with um, was it Lisa up before. Um, who was talking about her brother, we have a tendency to assign privileges to people based on the title that they hold in our lives. So grandfather, you know, uncle, um, you know, and, and that's normal. That's natural to want to do. But we have to remind ourselves that those privileges do have to be earned based on behavior. Um, and, you know, if somebody is behaving in a healthy and holy way, then, of course, they deserve those those certain privileges, those those. Uh, indulgences. But, um, you know, when somebody is behaving in an unhealthy or selfish or, or unholy or self-destructive way, then the most loving thing to do is to set appropriate boundaries and limits and not be mean about it. But to be clear that, look, you know, this is what a, this is what the kind of relationship you are asking for is going to have to look like. This is the healthy way I could participate in your life. And if you don't want that, well, then I'm going to have to make other arrangements. That is, that, that is a very healthy, uh, holy, appropriate Christian thing to do. Um, we have this tendency to really buy into the world's vision of relationship, which is just mutual tolerance. Mm. We occupy the same space and we just go along to get along. That is not the Christian way. You know, the Christian way is to really stand up for what is healthy, what is holy, what is true, what is right, um, and to work for the good of everybody involved, sometimes even if they don't want us to work for their good. Uh, and occasionally that causes people to push us away, just like they push God away. And that's why Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted for holiness sake. We've got to make sure that we're praying about our decisions and that everything we do is really rooted in a, in a charity and a genuine desire to work for the good of everybody involved, including ourselves. But assuming that we're doing that, assuming that we're seeking appropriate pastoral guidance, we have a right to set those boundaries and work for the good of those relationships, uh, even if that means rocking the boat a little bit. So just keep that in mind as you confront these disagreements. Just because someone's mad at you, just because you've rocked the boat, doesn't mean you've done something wrong. As long as you are genuinely working for the good of everyone involved, praying about your decisions, 
and trying to do what you believe God is leading you to do, and keeping an open heart to the possibility that you've made a misstep here or there. Well, that's all the time we've got for today's program. If you are looking for more support in navigating those difficult conversations, especially about big topics, reach out to us at the Pastoral Solutions Institute. To learn more about our pastoral telecounseling practice, you can work with a faithful professional Catholic counselor by reaching us at catholiccounselors.com. Get out there and celebrate the life God has for you because with His grace, there is so much more to life. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.